0: Well, today we're wrapping up the message series that we've been in called My Salvation. And we've been talking about what's all involved in salvation for the last month or so. And despite all that God has done for us, despite all the salvation benefits that we have, which we talked about last week, we still live in a fallen world, right? Does anybody here think we're living in heaven on earth? Not quite, okay? We, we have a ways to go. And looking around us, watching the news can be depressing, can be distressing. We see violence, we see disasters, we see perversion, we see conflict. I better stop there we'll all be depressed, right? Uh, in fact, the vast majority of news is, in my estimation, bad news. Maybe we shouldn't say I'm going to check out the news tonight, but more accurately, I'm going to check out the bad news tonight because that's basically what it is. Studies have shown the more news that you watch, the more depressed people become. And so uh, it's not a sin to look at the news, but don't overdo it. Now, God's Word warns us that the time that we are living in is going to be what it is right now. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 now in your bulletin there's a white page i'd encourage you to take it out it has the outline there as well as the scriptures written out you can do the we'll get to fill in the blanks in a minute on the outline 2nd peter 3 says but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow, that's quite a list there. In case you wondered, we are living in the last days, Bible makes it very clear the period of the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead and it's going to continue until he returns again. So this whole period is defined in the Bible as the last days. And so the last days have been going on for some 2,000 years. But as we think about it, it's inarguably true that we are 2,000 years closer to the end of the last days than we were at the time that this scripture was written. So according to these verses, we we live in difficult times. Why? Because we see three loves in that list which compete with our love for God. The first love is the love for yourself. People love themselves. That's basically the sin of pride. We see the love of money. That's greed. And we see the love of pleasure. Those are the three great sins that grip people's lives. And they result in all the other negative attitudes, all the other negative behaviors that are described in the verses above. Now, I'm feeling a little down right now after reading that long list. But there is some good news. That's not all that's going on in the last days. There are some other things going on. In the last days. Acts 2 verse 17 says. And in the last days. It shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. And so in the last days God is doing something as well, God is pouring out his spirit on people. People are getting saved. People are, being, uh, are not indulging in the sinful behaviors that we read about in the other verse. Rather, they are speaking God's truth. They are prophesying. Uh, they are serving God as he directs them. And so we could ask ourselves the question, is it getting better or is it getting worse? In the last days in which we live. And the answer, I believe, is both. Uh, It's getting worse and it's getting better. The kingdom of God is growing brighter. And the domain of darkness is getting darker. Now what will be the final outcome of the world? How can we have joy and peace in the midst of so much bad news? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, My message is entitled Ultimate Salvation. We're going to talk about how we can have confidence, how we can have joy in the midst of all this bad news and in the midst of a a country that really seems very divided today. God's word helps us to open our eyes to see what God is doing right now and what he's going to do in the future. Now, as we go through the outline this morning, the points are going to be directed to believers. But if you're not yet a believer this morning, if you're uh, seeking to know more about God, these are going to be reasons to become a believer. We're going to give an opportunity at the end of the message to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. So rather than being depressed about the bad news around us, uh, I mean, it's okay to watch the news to see what's going on and to pray. hurricane is coming to pray that God would would, uh, be there and, and help people to... Uh, survive that hurricane. But rather than being depressed about the bad news, we should rejoice in coming transformations that the Bible tells us about. And this first truth can, can give us this confidence and joy as we recognize the world is not going to always be the way it is now. You know, the most depressing thing is if you're in a difficult situation and your belief is it's never going to end. It's never going to get better. Not only is the world not going to always be the way it is now, we as believers are not always going to be the way we are now. God is going to transform things. He's going to change things dramatically, so dramatically that will be a recreation of everything that we know. Now, let's get prepared for this transformation and, and think of ourselves accurately. I mean, we are... Citizens of the United States of America. But a more important citizenship for us as a believer, as we are citizens of heaven. Philippians 3 verse 20 says our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, if you're a believer here today, are first and foremost a citizen of heaven. Now heaven isn't right here. We've already agreed on that, right? We're not living in heaven here. But heaven is a spiritual realm that we are citizens of right now as believers. And so our first allegiance is to the laws of heaven. Our first allegiance is to the government of heaven. And we can even begin to enjoy some of the benefits. We've talked about that in the messages. The benefits of being part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven in this life. And our citizenship in heaven is not just for this life, but it's for eternity. And the King of heaven will one day, in the not-too-distant future, I believe, will transform. He'll return to this planet and transform everything. The first thing we want to talk about is when Jesus returns again, our bodies are going to be transformed. We'd read in Philippians 3:20 about we are <clears throat> citizens of heaven. We'll continue on in verse 21. It says, "Who, speaking of Jesus, we're awaiting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself." Now, how many here would like their bodies transformed? Yeah, half of us. You know, if you're honest, wouldn't we all like to see our bodies transformed? I mean, some of us would like to be taller. (laughs) Not speaking of anybody else. Some would like to be shorter. Some like to be thinner. Uh, Some would like to be stronger. Some would like to be prettier. Some would like to be younger. Some would like to be older. I mean, we could go on and on. But the transformation we're talking about here is not so much our external features. It's first and foremost about making our bodies immortal. God has put within each of us a desire to to live forever. That is from God, but we're not going to live forever in these bodies, right? We've pretty much figured that out. That's not going to happen. And so we need new bodies to live forever. And it says in this verse that God is going to transform our lowly body into his to be like his glorious body. As speaking of the body that Jesus Christ had after he rose from the dead. His first body died. Just like we're going to die someday if Jesus doesn't come home come back before then. But now he has a body that's going to live forever and our bodies are going to be transformed. Not only will our bodies be immortal, but they're going to be suited for the new heavens and the new earth. I'm probably going to dispel a lot of misconceptions this morning about heaven and about our new bodies. But our our new bodies will be able to interact both with the physical world and the spiritual world. We over-spiritualize a lot of the things in the Bible, just as Jesus' body could. He could eat, people could touch him, he could interact with physical things, and he could also ascend right up into the sky. He had a glorified, uh, imperishable body. Let's read a little more about it in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, is what that means, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. And so this has given us a little more information about when this is going to happen. The last trumpet is when Christ returns. Believers who are dead, buried in the ground, uh, or however they died, God's going to find a way to raise them back to life and give them imperishable bodies. And those who are alive when Jesus returns, their bodies, their living bodies, their living mortal bodies will suddenly be transformed into immortal bodies. And that is good news. That's something to rejoice about. The Bible speaks of believers as being aliens or pilgrims in this fallen world. It's not our final home. We're not going to live in this fallen world forever. And so it's, it's normal for us to be distressed about evil and sin around us. And yet, when we remember that we're citizens of heaven, we're citizens of another place, we can rejoice. Now, sometimes, particularly as you get a little bit older, problems in our bodies uh, get us down in life. Whether it's a sickness, sometimes when you're younger, it could be a sickness, could be an injury, could be age. Uh, You have aches and pains that you didn't have before. And I can guarantee you this new model body you're going to have isn't going to have any more aches and pains. That's something to look forward to. It's not going to have any limitations. It's going to be a body that will last forever. There is going to be a last trumpet. Christ is going to return. And the bad news is going to end. And so we can have a living hope. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so this living hope comes when a person is born again, when they become a believer in Jesus Christ. And this living hope comes as we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. His resurrection transformed death into life and so the hope that God wants to give each and every one of us today is a living hope. It's centered on Jesus Christ, who is not dead. He's alive in heaven today. And one day, he is going to return. And so our hope is fixed in heaven. Our hope is not fixed on this earth. Our hope is fixed in heaven. First Peter goes on to say, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And so as difficult as things may get on this earth for us as believers, we have an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. It's an inheritance there for us because we are children of God. God is our father. He has an inheritance for us. He's prepared it for everyone who loves him, for those who are his children. It's far more wonderful than anything that we can imagine. And in the meantime, these verses tell us that God's power is guarding us here in this life. And. Guarding us to keep us for this inheritance, for this salvation that's going to be revealed in the very last time when Christ returns again. as speaking of this ultimate salvation that will only only enter into the fullness of our inheritance at the end of days when Jesus returns. And so we put this hope in heaven that we have, this imperishable inheritance, and part of that is imperishable bodies, Is all going to happen as we put our hope in Christ's return. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16 says, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. There we have the trumpet when he returns. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So again, these verses speak of Jesus' return from heaven, coming back to this earth. Believers, if they're dead, they're going to be raised. If they're alive, they're going to be transformed. And as Jesus ascended into heaven, we are going to fly. (laughs) We have that song, It'll Fly Away, right? I mean, we're going to, old time song. We are going to fly. We're going to ascend up. To be with him in the clouds. Amazing. And once we're with him. We're going to be with him. Forever. And ever. And so this hope. Is should be a great encouragement. For us as believers. When we're going through difficult times. In fact. That is a command at the very end. Verse 18. Encourage one another with these words. If somebody's discouraged. Encourage them. And I'm seeking to encourage you today with these words of Scripture that we can have a living hope when we look to how the story ends. We're in the middle of the story. Sometimes things get rough in stories, don't they? But we all want a happy ending. For believers, we have a wonderful ending, a wonderful end to the story. You know, there was a time in my life, And I think uh, sometimes it's truer of younger people. There's a time in my life when I was younger, I wasn't too excited about heaven. I'm just being honest. Now, it did seem like a vast improvement over the lake of fire. Really, I mean, I I got that, okay? It was a vast improvement. I really didn't want to go there. But heaven seemed kind of boring. Uh, You know, people floating around on clouds, playing harps, and, you know, as I... As I learned more about heaven from the Bible, it became more interesting to me. But, you know, my training was in science. And so, you know, I studied the complexity of molecules and living beings, intricate DNA, RNA, and all kinds of mechanisms. I mean, scientists still cannot explain everything going on in the, the simplest microbe. I mean, we're still studying to let alone create life or create anything else. And I appreciated this amazing complexity of our world. I, I still do. But, but, you know, heaven just seemed kind of, you know, there's no science in heaven, it seemed to me, and it just seemed not too interesting. Perhaps heaven wouldn't have the same level of diversity and complexity. And then, and then over time, I begin to understand that the same God who created this planet who created the amazing diversity and complexity of the chemicals and the living creatures here, he created heaven, too. And we just get a glimpse into heaven in places like the book of Revelation, and and we see angels, we see creatures with foreheads, we see all kinds of amazing things that artists can hardly draw pictures of. I believe heaven will be full of spiritual creatures with incredible and unique characteristics. Earth constrains God's creation in a sense to the parameters that he created, the physical parameters, the number of chemicals in the periodic table. Heaven will have no constraints to what he could create spiritually. Uh, Perhaps there's a few scientists who know what I'm talking about here today, but... uh, heaven will be far beyond our imagination. If we think what God created here on this earth is wonderful, heaven is going to be remarkable. We're going to talk a little bit more because our dichotomy between earth and heaven is a, heaven is going to come down to earth. And where we're going to live is going to be a merging of the physical and the spiritual, but we're not going to talk too much about that today. But best of all, in heaven, we're going to be relating to the creator of the universe. In a way that we relate to him here, but we're going to relate, the Bible calls it being face-to-face. With the being who is infinite. Uh, He lives forever. He has infinite wisdom. He has infinite creativity. He has infinite power. Anything is possible for him. We're going to be with him. We're going to experience his love. We're going to experience the things that he's created for us. That this earth is just an introduction to. We're going to experience all of those things. I believe the heaven he's created for us is going to be far beyond anything we could possibly imagine. Finally, we can be confident of our ultimate salvation. When Christ returns, I already talked about it, our, our bodies will be transformed. Be suitable for life in the new heavens and earth. Our bodies will be the merging of the physical and the spiritual. The place we're going to live is going to be a merging of heaven with earth. We see in the book of Revelation, heaven comes down to earth. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth created in which we're going to live forever. But before that happens, evil is going to be judged. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 says, After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude of heaven, crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality, has avenged on her the blood of His servants. And so these verses speak of the final judgment of evil in our world. It includes the judgment of evil people, the judgment of evil spirits, and these judgments will remove all evil from our eternal home in the new heavens and new earth. Sometimes we wonder why God allows evil to exist. And he's allowing it to exist for a season. But when Christ returns and judgment comes, it will be completely removed. And the people who don't believe and the evil spirits will be banished to the lake of fire forever. And so our forever home will be paradise restored. We began the book of Genesis with a paradise garden. The Garden of Eden. And our final destination will be paradise restored in all its beauty and perfection and the response of believers in heaven uh, is going to be rejoicing forever verse 6 and 7 of revelation 19 then i heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder heaven is going to be a very loud place crying out hallelujah For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And so heaven, even today, reverberates with the praise of of believers and angels. And these verses here describe the ultimate occasion, the marriage of the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ, and his bride, which is the church, which is made up of all believers. And this is the culmination of history. Those who have believed in Jesus Christ are forever going to be united with Him in an eternal spiritual marriage. We can be confident of that ultimate salvation. We're going to live with Him face to face forever and ever. You know, if you really want to stretch your mind, just take a few minutes. Sometime this week. And think of what forever means. That's almost scary, right? There is no end. But there is no end to God. There is no end to his infiniteness. We would think forever we get bored. It's not going to be boring. He's infinite. And so today, even though it seems as though evil thrives today on our earth without constraint, the final judgment will come. God is a just judge. He's going to punish evildoers. He's going to remove them from his presence and send them to the eternal lake of fire. As believers, we're going to be freed of the evil around us. freed of the results of the fall and the curse is going to be removed. And all that's left is going to be blessing. We're going to be filled with with joy in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. And so we can be confident of this ultimate salvation. And so we began today's message with the question, how can we have confidence and joy in the midst of a a world full of bad news? And the answer is, don't saturate your mind and your time with bad news. Fill your mind with the good news of God's word. Look forward to the future and live today In light of that eternity. Live today in light of that future that God has for us. We can rejoice in the future transformation of our bodies and our world. When we are dealing with something in our world today. Ask God for wisdom and we can look beyond that. And look to the final outcome. We can have a living hope. Centered in heaven. And looking forward to the return of Christ. That should be something we look forward to each and every day. We can be confident We look around us, we see evil. It seems unconstrained. But we can have confidence one day it's going to be judged. One day we're going to be out of the presence of evil, out of the presence of bad news. We're going to be forever rejoicing with God. And so even in this life, our focus should not be here on this earth. The focus of our minds, the focus of our hearts should be in heaven. And we should live our lives here on this earth with heaven in our minds, living for eternity. Living not just for ourselves, but seeking to take as many people as possible with us to heaven. Now, in order to have this ultimate salvation, a person must, must follow God's way to be saved. There are not multiple ways to be saved, contrary to what the news may tell you. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the only way to God. So to become a believer, to become a Christian, we need to admit that we've sinned, that we've done wrong things. We need to repent, turn away from that sin. We need to put our faith and trust, believe in Jesus that he died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. Ask him to forgive us. Believe he rose from the dead and Commit our lives to following him as our Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads right now. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I encourage you to do it today. Just pray in your mind as I pray. Perhaps you'd like to recommit your life to him. Perhaps you feel maybe you've strayed away. Or, to be honest, every time I pray this prayer, I recommit my life to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that either. So let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. And I turn away from those things. I repent of them and I seek your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin, that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I I believe that he rose from the dead. And he lives today in heaven, and I commit my life to following him as my Lord and Savior. For those of us who are believers, let's continue to pray and say, Father, we thank you that this world will not always be the way it is now. We look forward to, we rejoice as citizens of heaven, the realm in which you dwell, knowing that this world and even our bodies are going to be transformed By your power. And today we receive the living hope that you have for us. This hope in a new heavens, a new earth. This hope for a return of Christ. Which makes whatever trials we may go through in this life worthwhile. We believe that when you return, evil will be judged and will be with you forever. We look forward to rejoicing with you, to serving you in your presence for eternity. And I pray, God, that you would encourage everyone here today who might be discouraged about something, who might be worrying or stressed about something. I pray you'd encourage everyone here today with this ultimate salvation that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.